The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter X at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to talk to RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's Cowboys site, as we preview this huge Eagles-Cowboys rematch, a game that means so much for both teams and, of course, Eagles fans. I don't know about the players, but the fans themselves certainly confident, shaken a little bit after getting blown out by the San Francisco 49ers last week and so uh, a big game for both teams in terms of the division in terms of the standings atop the NFC uh, the Eagles and Cowboys both need this game desperately it's actually kind of it's harder to say who who needs this game more going into this week you could consider it a must-win game for Philadelphia you could consider it a must-win game for Dallas for the Eagles it'd be more for confidence and securing that number one seed in the NFC of course the 49ers schedule a little bit easier than the Eagles schedule down the pike and it's very possible the 49ers won't lose again. So as long as the Eagles don't lose again, they'll hold on to that number one seed. But you lose to Dallas on Sunday night. You open the door for the 49ers to tie you with regard to record. And that means they have the tiebreaker and they're looking like they're the one seed. And the Eagles are now fighting with the Dallas Cowboys, who would have the same record as the Eagles atop the NFC East. And if the Eagles were to lose on Sunday night to the to, to the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys would temporarily move into first place in the division. Now, as the season goes along, the Eagles would have nothing but NFC opponents left. The Dallas Cowboys still have yet to play the Dolphins and the Bills. They have to play those two teams on the road still. So if the two teams were to win out, if the Eagles were to lose to Dallas and then the two teams win out and finish with the same record, the Eagles would win the division based on division record or division or conference record. It's one of those two, but the Eagles would win the tiebreaker even if they lose to Dallas here on Sunday night. If the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys, it all but assures that they're going to win the NFC East, barring a total and complete collapse over the final five games of the season. Dallas also has their toughest stretch of games starting right now with Philadelphia, and then you have to go to Miami, and they have to go to Buffalo. So, it's not an easy road for the for the Cowboys, not an easy road for the Eagles here. This game means so much to both teams. And uh, before we talk to RJ, let's just get into just a, a little bit of news. And of course, uh, most of you have seen this by now. The Eagles uh, released Christian Ellis over the earlier in the week, hoping that he would clear waivers. Uh, but uh, the Patriots were among six teams 
to file a waiver claim on him. And so because the Patriots uh, were the team with the worst record of the ones who filed the claim, Christian Ellis is now a Patriot. And obviously, Howie Roseman was looking at what happened on Sunday afternoon. Christian Ellis, of course, got beat pretty good by a very talented San Francisco offense. And uh, they wanted to make a, a roster move and decided to put him on waivers, which is a a curious decision, given that he's one of their best special teams players. Uh, he may not have been terribly productive on defense right now, but here's a guy who I think a lot of people saw was kind of a, a young, un, uh, a, a, a something to uh, product that's a little rough around the edges, but uh, could, with uh, some good coaching, become a, a polished TJ Edwards type uh, linebacker. And the Eagles let him go instead of releasing somebody like Rashad Penny, who can't see the field at all, who's inactive pretty much every week. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it seems as though maybe Howie Roseman was thinking he played so badly that no one else would want to take a chance on him. Well, clearly that wasn't the case. I think this is a, a, a mistake by the, the Eagles front office. It's not a franchise altering mistake, but it certainly doesn't help them in terms of depth. Um, Zach Cunningham is going to be back this week for the Eagles. That's some, that's very, very good news. I don't think most people thought that he would be back in time for the Dallas game and Shaq Leonard will be suited up and uh, we'll see how many plays he gets, how many snaps he gets and how effective he is uh, in the middle, in the middle of the defense, but it's going to be a very, very different looking middle of the Eagles defense on Sunday night than we saw on Sunday afternoon against San Francisco. But seems like this week that, that loss to the 49ers kind of knocked everybody off balance. I think it knocked the players off balance. I think it knocked the coaches off balance. And I think it knocked Howie Roseman off balance. This was a, a, an atypical mistake by Howie Roseman um, misreading the, the market out there for for Christian Ellis. And again, this is not a star player, probably never going to be a Pro Bowl player, but you don't want to use a young player that you like, that you think you might be able to develop when you had other options that of players you could have released. You could have released Rashad Penny, who I still don't understand why he's not playing, but you could have released him since you're not going to play him at all, and you would have been no worse for wear. But they decided to go in a different direction, thinking that Ellis would clear waivers, and and clearly he didn't. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting move. I think, again, we are all coming into this game uh, against the Cowboys feeling a little less confident now in this football team, and uh, I know just uh, just a week before we felt supremely confident coming into San Francisco after those three big wins against this Dallas Cowboys team at home. And then in the Super Bowl rematch against the chiefs and then uh, the, the big come from behind victory in overtime uh, against the Buffalo bills. But um, I, I do think what we are seeing with this team and what we saw on Sunday was, I, I think in any other circumstance, like if that, if that 49ers team plays this Eagles team, I think the Eagles win. I mean, I think, man, I think the 49ers still win that game. But I think the blowout happened because this Eagles team was mentally and physically exhausted coming into the game. And when the 49ers held them out of the end zone and it was only six to nothing and then they started to exert their will, there were, the Eagles just had nothing left in the tank. There were no reserves either physically or mentally to stop the 49ers from doing what they were doing. They weren't mentally sharp. The coaching staff wasn't sharp. The players weren't sharp, especially on defense. Jalen Hurts, if you watch the film, I know you, you guys have probably listened to Shane and, and Johnny Page um, on their podcast earlier this week. Uh, clearly, Hurts was not mentally as sharp as he has been in, in games past. Just they looked flat. It looked like a dud. 
And that's the kind of game I thought they were going to play against Buffalo. I thought that would have been the letdown game. Amazingly, it was the San Francisco game that appeared to be the letdown game. And I think the 49ers probably still would have won that game, given the Eagles' personnel. Even if they go up 14-0, the 49ers may come back to win that football game. Um, maybe not. Who knows? But certainly the blowout late was because of both physical and mental fatigue. And I think I think that's the worry coming into this game against Dallas. So uh, without me having to talk any more about it, let's uh, let's get to RJ Ochoa. Well, Eagles fans, their, their heinies are clenched a little bit coming into this game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night, coming into a place where the Eagles have had a whole lot of trouble winning football games over the last few years. Been since 2017, the last time the Eagles beat the Cowboys in Dallas. That, of course, was the Super Bowl year. The Eagles already have a win under their belt against the Cowboys in Philadelphia on a nail-biter. The Eagles won 28-23. A game that could have gone either way during the fourth quarter as the Cowboys were knocking on the door, but the Eagles did just enough to hold them in abeyance so joining me to talk about this rematch and the state that these two teams are in as we enter this all-important game atop the nfc east the great rj ochoa of course from blogging the boys rj welcome back to eye on the enemy how are you buddy doing well john always great to be with you um i know that it's a bit of a more stressful cowboys eagles week than most philly fans would like but if it's any bit of solace uh that 2017 win i'm certain i've told you this before was at the time the worst loss the cowboys had ever endured in their building uh a night in which jerry jones was celebrated at halftime for going into the hall of fame yeah. months prior. yeah eagles fans had a good time that night there's no doubt about it um and uh, it's been it's been tough to get a win there Ever since, and obviously the personnel has changed so much, even in just that short amount of time since 2017, although a few of those guys from that team are still hanging out. But uh, these two teams, I'll tell you what, the Eagles, throughout the course of the 2023 season, even going back to 2022, it just felt like they were just a, a little bit of a freight train, just kind of chugging down the tracks. And even when they would lose a game here and there, you could kind of say, well, you know, that was just, you know, kind of a you know, tough loss last year in Dallas with Gardner Minshew. That was a, a tough loss, but understandable without Jalen hurts in there of course the the saints loss was weird but they'd already built up so much cushion it didn't really matter in the end but that loss to the 49ers last week uh, really shook the faith and some of the confidence out of Eagles fans, much in the same way I'm sure that the 42 to 10 loss that you all suffered at the, hand of the hands of the 49ers really knocked the confidence out of a lot of Cowboys fans. And so you can relate to kind of what I think Eagles fans are going through for the first time really in almost two years. A football team that's kind of knocked back on its on its heels. And so as you enter the game, before we get into the like the nuts and bolts of it, what is the mindset of a Dallas Cowboys fan on four straight wins? Three of those wins in which they've scored 40 points or more multiple touchdown victories in in three of the last four, obviously kind of a nail biter with the Seahawks last week. But the the Cowboys seem to have righted the ship since coming into Philadelphia and losing. Yeah, I mean, it all really did start with that 42-10 to 10 loss um, on the road against San Francisco. And I don't know how well you recall or, or what you remember or what you saw, but the Cowboys players were really talking that game up. Um, you know, Yeah, like it felt, it, they really felt like they, they, they took a lot of positives out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but leading up to it, they were saying things like, this is it. I mean, you know, when the Cowboys um, were getting ready for their week three game um, on the road against the Cardinals, a game that they would lose, you know, they were coming off the big Giants and Jets blowouts and everybody was kind of, you know, obviously giving them their flowers early in the season. Uh, and CeeDee Lamb had a quote that was something along the lines of, you know, this 
this none of this means anything. The real measuring stick comes week five, which was, of course, the game in San Francisco. And they really kind of treated that like a de facto playoff game. And, you know, Dallas has a, a different recent history with, with San Francisco having, you know, had their, their playoff seasons and two years in a row at the mm-hmm. hands of the 49ers. And so it makes sense, obviously, for them to, to want a shot at them. But to fall so short after, you know, saying themselves that it was a big game really did kind of make it feel like, what's the point of all of this? And they, you know, gritted out a game against the Chargers a week later on Monday Night Football. Um, and the offense showed signs of life, but everybody was still kind of out on this team. And then they returned from the bye with seemingly a vengeance. And all of a sudden, the offense uh, has just taken off. And they've only lost one game, obviously, the one in Philadelphia since then. But even in that game, not that you, you know, are proud of moral victories or anything <clears> like that. Uh, but to your point, it was tough. I mean, you, you can make a very sound argument that Dallas could or should have won that game. And Dak Prescott obviously played very well. And I think that that has been the most prominent straw stirring the drink is is the play of Dak, putting himself in the MVP conversation, willing the team to victory. And that's what was so cool about, you know, last week's game, as stressful as it was, it was no matter what was happening, no matter how much the defense was getting walked all over by the Seahawks, Dak was the stabilizing force, keeping them in game, scoring over and over and over again. And you know, just as well as I do, that whenever you have a quarterback who can do that, you feel invincible. Absolutely. And I think that's what we've experienced with with Jalen Hurts. Last week was really the first time that it it didn't happen. It looked like it was going to happen in that uh, when when the Eagles came back and and made it 21-13, it was like following the script of all those recent games where, you know, the Bills get ahead, the the Chiefs get ahead, the Eagles get a score, and then they start to build momentum. It just didn't work out for them in that way. And as we kind of look at the the Cowboys here, I think the the big mismatch, and I think this is just as clear as day for everyone, is... This, we don't know exactly how this Eagles secondary, the back seven, are going to be able to match up against a, a Cowboys unit that did a lot of good things against the Eagles a few weeks ago, even in the loss. I mean, they 333 yards in the air. Dak had three touchdowns, no interceptions. CeeDee Lamb was running all over this team. The Eagles... I mean, yeah, they've got Shaq Leonard. Um, Shaq Leonard chose the Eagles over the Cowboys. I know you and BLG have talked about that on the NFC East mixtapes that you guys did this year. Um, but, I mean, it's it's not going to make a huge, big splash, I don't think, right? I mean, you've got you've got Bayard in there now. You've got Shaq Leonard in there now. Zach Cunningham's going to be back. It's certainly looking better going into this game against the Cowboys than it did against the 49ers last week. But that being said, the Cowboys offense the way Dak Prescott is is playing right now that would seem to be a big mismatch in favor of the Cowboys my question to you is how big well I um I think that if you and I I have asked Cowboys fans these questions this week I've asked what's the thing you trust the most going on with the Cowboys right now and the answer is overwhelmingly the play of Dak Prescott and then on the flip side of that it's you know what what do you see as the biggest weakness associated with the Eagles and you know I think people can look at at different things and argue different points but the consensus is the state and the play of the Eagles defense and so you're talking about what you know what these people believe to be at least in a in a democratic process as the greatest strength of one team are uh, going up against directly you know the greatest weakness and greatest vulnerability of the other you know it'd be one thing if the you know people believe the greatest weakness on the eagles to be the eagles run game or whatever that can't impact that um, right and so that lends obviously to the favor of dallas but i i do think this is a cowboys team that has seen the eagles pull off you know incredible win after incredible win over the course of almost two full seasons. And so they know that that they cannot walk in and 
you know, underestimate this team and think that they are just going to put up points because the Eagles defense has been a bit beat up as of late by different teams. Um, but that's that's what I think gives me the most confidence, you know, given the way that Dak has played, obviously, and the way the Eagles defense has looked and the fact that that isn't just true, but that we've seen it play itself out in the first matchup between the two teams this season. Yeah, and I think that's right. If the Eagles defense really shut down the Cowboys in the first game, you could come into this game with a little bit more confidence, even if the teams since that game had been going in the direction they had been going in. But it was it was a real challenge for the Eagles to keep Dallas's passing game uh, under control in, in that one. And the Eagles certainly want to stop the the Dallas run game. Um, that's that's one of the setting them up for you know second and shorts and third and shorts. Obviously, you want to you want to be able to keep Tony Pollard from from breaking off big runs. But it's just I worry R.J. that the schedule, the, the Eagles got off to a great start with this six-game gauntlet. I know you guys have your own gauntlet coming up, and you're in the middle of it right now. Um, so you've got your you've got your your own country song that that you're you're playing right now. And I think Eagles fans are kind of holding on to that a little bit that you guys are going to get a loss at some point here in the next few weeks, whether it's to Philadelphia or in 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 Miami or, or or in Buffalo or something like that. But that being said. You know, this is um, this is the fourth game, or the this is the fifth game in this six-game gauntlet, and the Eagles got off to that three straight wins to to start it off, all of them in dramatic fashion. Not only a physically taxing stretch of football for the Eagles, but I would imagine a mentally and emotionally draining stretch of football. These are some big games to get up for each and every week, and I think we've talked a lot about the physical aspect of getting up for each of these games and how many snaps the Eagles defenders played against the Bills and the Chiefs in back-to-back games. I don't know if we're, if we're taking into account the emotional stress and the mental toll getting up for each of these games and the, the dramatics of all those games before the 49ers last week and then the and then the emotional gut punch of getting kicked in the teeth like that against the 49ers the first time that's happened to this group with Jalen Hurts as a starter really since the 2021 playoffs I have no feeling whatsoever about how this team is going to play on Sunday like I'm just I have no usually I feel a certain way I have no idea what the outcome of this game is going to be or specifically how the defense is going to play do you have a gut feeling right now where the how this thing's going to go well first of all I I think that that's a really astute point um the emotional tax and even on, on the fan base, because every game has its own almost vendetta, right? I mean, you know, the first Cowboys game is, I mean, you know, it's Dallas week because you guys let the Cowboys live rent free in your minds and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then it's, you know, and I know that the bye week. That goes both week. ways. That right. goes both ways. Come on uh, now. But, um, but then it's, it's the Super Bowl rematch and it's not just a Super Bowl rematch. You happen to be on the losing end of that Super Bowl. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's well, yeah. you know, this isn't vindication, but it feels good, whatever. And then it's the bills and they're super desperate. And even the Sean McDermott, obviously learning at the hand of, of, of the great Jim Johnson. Um, and so, I mean, you've got all, you know, and then it's okay, well now it's the Niners and all the trash talk, right? Like it's, it's exhausting keeping up with all of the kind of slants and agendas that every game has just to emerge from all that and have it be Dallas week again, once again. Um, and so as far as feel for the Cowboys, they have kind of, I, I want to say become immune to any of that. Um, they, they really are just kind of, I wouldn't say a freight train, but they, they are just, you know, tunnel vision, just, you know, eyes forward, nothing else kind of getting in their, their range of view, uh, which is really impressive. And I think a testament to um, their leadership, their nucleus of players, Mike McCarthy, um, et cetera, et cetera. They really are, I think, a team that Look, playing for the Cowboys comes with a lot of benefits, but it comes with a lot of conversation and, and a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of expectation. And I think they were fed up with all of the interception talk. And, and people keep, you know, moving goalposts, if you want to call it that, with you can't beat a team above 500. They are so 
talented at, at staying locked in and staying low level um, and not allowing the extracurricular noise to get to them. That is not necessarily a quality that all Dallas Cowboys teams have had. One of the stats I saw this week uh, regarding Dak Prescott, and you can kind of back this up on me, uh, back back this up or not, is early in the season, it Dak Prescott was having some trouble with zone uh, with, with zone coverage. Um, I think it was uh, weeks one to six. He had no touchdowns and three interceptions on passes against zone coverage. Since then, since week seven, since the bye week, he has 10 touchdowns against zone coverage, which leads the NFL. And so I guess if you're the Eagles and you're coming into this game, how do you defend Dak Prescott right now? Because it seems as though he's reacting well to blitzes, um, but you certainly don't want to give him a lot of time in the pocket. You drop everybody into coverage in zone. He seems to be picking that apart right now. What is the most effective way for the Eagles to attack this Dallas passing game? I think you've got to win up front and in the middle. I think you've really got to just startle him and, and disrupt his process. I mean, um, this isn't to, you know, say nobody else is playing really well or there aren't, you know, high-level quarterback, you know, players in the NFL right now. But I don't know that any anybody's playing on a cerebral level the way that Dak Prescott is. And his processing time is incredible both before and right after the snap. And so I think if you can affect that and you can impact that, I, I think that's really the best chance you stand. Um, obviously, you know, getting to him, hitting him is, is an important quality. You know, if you're playing defense, uh, Dak hadn't been sacked in forever before being sacked four times last week against the Seahawks. But even to your point, I mean, he still had an incredible game and an incredible performance, but if you can disrupt the processing that he's got going on, that's really, you know, what this kind of comes down to. He's, he's really mastered this offense and, and has such a great feel and level of chemistry with the important playmakers in it that it's all working in a symbiotic nature, which is why it's been so much fun as of late. If Dak Prescott wins this game on Sunday night, is it the biggest win of his Dallas career so far? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I would argue that last week's wild card game at Tampa was bigger. Um, I mean, it's a playoff game, obviously. And Dak was mm -hmm. incredible in that game gets really no credit for that. Uh, but he was amazing. I mean, he was amazing in the Philly game last year. I know that it was Gardner Minshew, but he was, I mean, on fire. I mean, there was the, obviously the third and 30. Uh, I know he had the, the pick six early in the game against um, Josh. Yeah, Smith that was and, weird. It was a weird interception. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th there. I think it would be really impressive. And I think it would be a, an important kind of checkpoint on, on this year's um, kind of resume that he's building. Obviously, you know, he's in the MVP conversation this deep into the season for the first time really ever. Um, but, but I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to say that because, and this is something Brandon and I have talked about, like, you know, if you beat the Eagles, you don't break their, their spirit or their will. Like, oh no, they still have complete and total control over the, over the division if, yeah. if they lose this game. So it's, it's hard when you're not snatching the soul out of their bodies, if that makes sense. And just looking, you said the, the way the Eagles have to beat the Cowboys is to beat them up front. Uh, what is your what's your take on the advantage then there between the Eagles defensive line, which is still getting a, a number of sacks. But, you know, it's this Cowboys offensive line is is as good as we've as we've seen them uh, over the last few years playing playing at a high level. And, you know, the D line is just I'm, I'm worried that a lot of a lot of those guys are still kind of gassed a little bit and there's no break coming between now it's why i was hoping to kind of get that you know to secure the one seed early to kind of rest some guys and if you get the one seed you get the bye week which would be huge for this football team right now but you know it's um is this d-line can this d-line eat on this on this cowboys offensive pass rush 
I think that's probably the area where Dallas lost the most in the first mm. Philly matchup. Uh, Terrence Steele had probably the worst game of his career, um, and he obviously gave up the sack right down near the goal line when it kind of looked like Dallas was actually going to steal it, uh, and that just kind of set off the sequence of events where it really ultimately lost. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys had a really questionable stretch obviously from that Cardinals loss to the 49ers loss and that happened to feature like the Niners three game skid that they went on a lot of injuries namely on the offensive line um, the Cowboys have gotten consistent steady stellar play from their offensive linemen I mean they've, they've got Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith playing together for kind of the first time in their career they didn't play together last year on the same side obviously um, and and they have really kind of stabilized that left side but but the right side is still a little bit weak with Terrence Steele and, and so that's that is probably my biggest concern is that Terrence Steele has maybe the, the now worst or second worst game of his career because he lost a lot of important matchups. He had the most pressures ever uh, that he'd ever allowed in that game. And so that's an opportunity, I think, for, you know, obviously the Eagles front line to expose. Yeah, so just watching some some folks who were breaking down tape of the Eagles defense last week, and it just really seemed like all that motion the 49ers were running um, caused so much confusion. And that, to me, says speaks to coaching. You know, there's a lot of coaching issues um, that, that go in when your team's not prepared for something they really should have been prepared for. I mean, we know the 49ers run a lot of motion. Um, it just just seems crazy to me that uh, that uh, the, the Eagles were not were not ready for what the 49ers were going to throw at them. And I know that's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan does that to, to a lot of teams. Just wasn't expecting that the way that it, that it came around. Um, let me flip let me flip things over and let's take a let's talk uh, Eagles offense against the Cowboys defense and obviously Cowboys defense had a rough one against uh, the Seattle Seahawks last week uh, they did enough they got that big stop on fourth and one uh, teams to, unlike the Eagles Seattle can't do a tush push and get that one yard that they needed if they had that in their toolbox they probably win that game RJ so uh, it's just as an Eagles fan it was bizarre to see them line up and and try to run the ball on fourth and one it's like just you know push your quarterback what's what's the problem um but, you know, I think it's interesting that as, as we look at this matchup, Eagles fans, and it seems like some national fans around the country, I'm not going to mention any names in particular, but some some NFL watchers around the country down on this offense, down on J Jalen Hurts. And there's no doubt this offense has been up and down. The running game's been inconsistent. Uh, the production level of the t of the Eagles passing game has been inconsistent. They're not present one half. The second half, they, they, they come alive. The Eagles have yet to put a complete game together offensively. Um what is the state of the Cowboys defense right now coming into this game against uh, against an Eagles offense that really has been kind of hit or miss against a, a quarterback in like Jalen Hurts who had a down week last week? I know that everybody obviously is, is now recently down on the Cowboys defense because of what happened. I mean, they didn't force a single punt against Seattle, although um, I think you'll appreciate the um, the great Bob Sturm and the DFW area on the ticket uh, has a great sub stack. Um, he has developed um, kind of the NFL equivalent of saves for a defense mm. the way relief pitchers have. Uh, and last week obviously was a save opportunity for the Cowboys defense and, and they yeah. executed. Um, and so I think that they have executed something like seven of 13 times in the Dan Quinn era when, where that's been, you know, an eligible thing to be tracked. But um, I've been a little bit down on, on Danny Q for a while and I get upset because, you know, when the Cowboys roll, a Cowboys fans are like, oh, it's all Dan Quinn. That, like this is Dan Quinn's team. Like Mike McCarthy's just a figurehead. Dan Quinn's really running the show, but then a game like last week happens and, and nobody wants to place any blame at the feet of Dan Quinn. Um, and I, that's not to disparage Quinn. I think he's an amazing coach, obviously, but um, 
I think we forget that, you know, the Cowboys allowed the Eagles to convert on 100% of their red zone possessions against them in, in the first match of this game. The Cowboys yeah. got worked by the Cardinals. The Cardinals had 200 yards on the ground in the first half. Cowboys obviously got worked against the Niners. And so, um, the, you know, Jalen Hurts at the time of the last Cowboys-Eagles game was a turnover machine. I know that that is stabilized, obviously, for the yeah. most part since then. But they didn't force a single turnover that they recovered, at least. Obviously, there were the three fumbles. And so, um, Deron Bland is amazing, but man alive, did he get picked on last week. And obviously, everybody saw it. Um, Micah Parsons has kind of been uh, trying to scream as loud as he can that he's not drawing any holding penalties this season. <laughs> I, I think he's um, only drawn two. Um, hmm. So that's kind of what this is. And, and the Cowboys have some some unfortunately time penalties themselves on defense as of late that have kept some possessions alive. Um, they're they're a group that is is not operating at their peak powers right now. And I don't know that I would bet on that happening this week against Philly, but um, it's clear to your point, and I say this not in a joking way, that the Eagles are struggling a little bit offensively, but even struggling yeah. a little bit offensively features the ability to hit A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith for a play that cracks the game wide open. Yeah, and I think the the issue that most people are pointing to now is that they're becoming too reliant on that. They're they're reliant on those home run balls, and you know there's a lot of I, I saw a stat from uh, Jalen Hurts. So I think on first down he has the he has the um, highest uh, depth to depth of target in the NFL right now, and like the the second worst uh, uh, success rate on first mm -hmm. down specifically because you know we're we've lost the ability to hit AJ Brown on a five yard slant on first down. You know, it's like we're, we're dropping back seven steps and, you know, he, he's holding the ball for five, six seconds in the backfield and, and tripping up. And, and, you know, if you start every series second and 10 or, you know, second and 12 or something like that, we all know that's no way to no way to win right. a football game. And, and Eagles fans response has been to say, run the ball, which listen, run the ball better. Sure. If it's not working, you don't just keep bashing your head against a brick wall. My problem with the Eagles and their offense and the running game is that Jalen Hurts is not a part of the running game this year. He was a huge part of the running game last year. And whether it's due to injury or whether it's due to his reluctance to take a big hit to for, for career longevity or whatever it is, he doesn't look as decisive running the ball. He doesn't want to do it on the RPOs. And I think he just, they get, he, he's not going through his progressions. There were so many times last week he missed Jack Stoll open over the middle because he didn't have any confidence throwing to him. You know, it's just, he's he's just off. It's just off. He's doing enough good things. That's not to say Jalen Hurts is not doing enough good things. He's certainly an MVP candidate in his own right. And I'm kind of expecting a bounce back game from Jalen Hurts here on Sunday night. But that being said, he's, what do you, when you see Jalen, what do you see right now? He's, he's reluctant to run the football. And I think that's really hurting the overall effectiveness of this offense his running game yeah i mean i don't think there's any question and he had a big run in the first matchup between these two teams uh but so i don't think there's any question that if he's got daylight you know he's he's absolutely going to take it but the problem is i mean daylight is so rare in the nfl um and i agree with you and you know the word hesitant or whatever um has a negative connotation. I, I think very highly of Jalen Hurts. I mean, the rivalry's fun, but he's a, a tremendous player and obviously an incredible human being. Um, but he's clearly, in my humble opinion, a little bit limited. Obviously, who knows what, what you know particular ailments he's dealing with. Um, and it probably hurts, right, <laughs> like to, to get yeah. hit and to, to deal with all that damage and absorb all that damage. And no, I don't want to do it. Right, <laughs> absorb all the, um, the physicality associated with the tush push and all these kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does kind of feel like you know, I, I give the Eagles coaching staff a lot of credit for having exposed 
um, you know, opportunities to take advantage of and to capitalize on within the range of the NFL rulebook. And I think a lot of those home run balls on first down are, are fishing for pass interference penalties. And I think that's a strategy. Like, I don't, I don't say that to, to fault Jalen Hurts or Brian Johnson or whoever, because sometimes we've seen Jalen Hurts underthrow those balls. And, you know, that just kind of leads to a, a naturally occurring pass interference. But it, it, are you familiar with the, um, the third Mighty Ducks movie, John? No, I know the first two. I don't know if I know the third. So the third, um, the Ducks go to like a prep school. They're all on scholarship. It's a big deal. Um, and they play the varsity team and they try to do the flying V, um, which mm. you obviously know. Um, and it just gets like destroyed. Like the varsity guys have no time for the flying V. You know, they just run <laughs> right through it. Um, and, and the Ducks, who are being coached by not Gordon Bombay, um, their coach, you know, is, is tearing into them after that. And, and he says, your little duck tricks won't work here. Um, mm. And I feel like I don't want to call them tricks because that minimizes the intellect that's involved with developing them. But it feels <laughs> like some of those things have dried up. And so it's time for some adaptation and some evolution that involves the skill sets associated with, with Hertz. Maybe, you know, not the run game ability that he has right now. But I just I see a little bit of a lack of creativity in that. I mean, you can tell yeah. me if my read on that is wrong. No, there's a lack of creativity on the offense as a whole. And, and that's one of the things we're kind of talking about this week is the, the running game has been kind of stagnant. After the first few weeks of the season, it was great because everybody still perceived Jalen Hurts to be a threat to tuck the ball and run and run effectively. Um, it kind of, we saw as the year went along that when he did tuck the ball and run, he looked slower. He didn't look as explosive. And a lot of that looked like it was by choice. And, you know, now he had that knee bruise. I think that, I think that's behind him. Just there's, if you're going to run the football right now and Jalen Hurts is not going to be a guy who's willing to kind of get some hard yards and get you 50, 60, 70 yards on the ground, then you got to run out of the pistol. You got to get some more downhill runs. You got to change the way you're doing it. The Eagles run less motion than any other team in football. And it's not even close. They're well under 10%. Like the next closest team is like 12 and a half percent. So there's no creativity pre-snap to give defense is anything to think about and the the routes that they're running i watched some plays on, on some of this tape like they're inside the goal line they had three receivers uh one on the far left one on the slot and and then you had your guy um uh in the in the slot on the right side they ran like three like I don't even know what you call them. They weren't, they weren't posts. They weren't outs. They just kind of rounded off routes and man coverage. And there was no space. I'm like, what is this play design? What is, what is this? What is this? I'm watching the creativity level at times. They've just seemed to be content with like, we've got AJ Brown. We've got Devonte Smith. They'll just wait for them to get open and throw the ball up there. And I, I, I'm hoping that what we see this week, I hope we see some new things from this offense. I hope the 49ers game kind of woke them up and said a little something. We can't, we can't keep going to that same well. We need to do some things differently. Yeah, I mean, and it's been so dominant that it's lasted through, you know, an entire offseason of evaluation that people have had, you know, time to obviously prepare to attack the Eagles. And even the Cowboys failed at that. I know that A.J. Brown... Um, didn't have a great game or a great statistical game, obviously, um, in, mm -hmm. in the first time around. But but yeah, I mean, that's why like, um, and again, I, I don't say this with any disrespect. I'm The thing I'm most afraid of on the Eagles offense isn't Jalen Hurts because, you know, and, and the party line has been, oh, I, the Eagles are, are scrapping these wins together, but just wait till they, they really find themselves and play their best football. Like, I think we're at the point where like that, you know, we, like this might be it, you know what I mean? And so like, I'm I'm not afraid of, of the current version of Jalen Hurts, but I'm absolutely deathly terrified of the current version of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. And those home run balls, the Eagles have such an ability to just hang and hang and hang and hang and then get that one moment. Um, and that's what really turns the game on its head. And that's why, 
as fun as it was to watch, it was so interesting to see them get down and, and get down massively against the mm-hmm. Niners and, and be in, in a in a very different position than punching from above the way they have been doing so for almost two years now. And so that's, to me, the key to victory for Dallas is, is put them in a position where they're uncomfortable, where they have to be creative, because right now it appears that that is a challenge they're not ready for. And get, uh, last question for you here then, RJ. Obviously, it was good news for the Cowboys that the Eagles lost. It drew them closer within the division. Are you concerned at all that having lost to the 49ers, specifically the way they lost to the 49ers, you now have a, is it possible like the Eagles are a more motivated team or a hungrier team or a more desperate team or that the mentality is different coming into this matchup in Dallas? Or is this just simply, hey, it's Dallas week. The Eagles are going to be up for this game. The Cowboys are going to be up for this game no matter what happens the week before. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd be lying if I said I wasn't partly worried about that. But in a weird way, you made me feel a lot better about that with the, uh, you know, the realization that there's just a constant barrage of, you know, weekly emotional, you know, highlights or, you know, headlines or whatever that's involved with every Eagles game. And I do think, you know, it's really difficult to be the hunted every week. And a lot of people say like, oh, everybody gets up for the Cowboys because it's America's team. And that may or may not be true to a different degree. But the Eagles have been this measuring stick for what, like everybody, you know, that has played them. And so that's a really difficult thing to absorb week in and week out on top of the, you know, trash talk or whatever that's gone into it. And that's why, you know, I don't think we've heard anybody. There's no Kamu Gruye Hill, you know, saying the Cowboys are, you know, chokers or whatever ahead of this game. But I, I, I kind of agree with you that I think they're just tired. I think they're like, look, I, let's just go play the game. Like, you know, we talked all this trash last week. We got beat, you know, whatever. Let's move on. And so um, you've called me in that sense, John. So I thank you for that. Oh, Oh, good. I, I'm I'm so glad you're calmer. All right, last thing. Let's uh, give me a prediction. How do you see this thing going? I think the Cowboys win. Um, let's call it by double digits. Um, you know, by ten points exactly. But I, I think that that is um, is kind of a late you know sort of accomplishment. I think it's maybe I don't know thirty three thirty. You know. 30-27, and Dallas is driving, and they punch that last touchdown in with like 14, you know, 18, 22 seconds or whatever the case may be. Um, that makes it, you know, from a score standpoint, look at not as close as it probably was throughout the game. Um, my hope is that Dallas is playing from ahead the entire time, and I think that's the key. I think if, if Philly gets yeah. up, I think that's that's where you do not want to be uh, if you're the Cowboys because they are very well experienced. They, they know how to go all 10 rounds. Um, and, and again, I mean... A win doesn't end Philly season by any stretch, but the the phrase I've been saying is make them squirm. Make, make, make life incredibly uncomfortable for the Eagles. Make them earn every bit of the division or the one seed over the course of the rest of this month. Um, you know, I wish you all health, wealth, and happiness, but I hope you're incredibly miserable uh, throughout the Christmas season <laughs> as it relates to your sports teams. That's what I want. And, and vice versa. No, too. I, I, I hope that you and your family have a, a marvelous holiday season and that uh, every day is a blessing for you all. But on, on the, for those three hours, I hope you're miserable. And I hope, you know, I hope things go really badly for your football team but uh, i want it past the three hours john i want i want you on (laughs) on pins and needles ahead of next week's because i mean if if you play the game out and that's what's always fun about this i mean dallas visits buffalo next week if i don't know what direction you're leaning but if if the cowboys win both teams are 10 and 3 and cowboys go to buffalo next week and get to 11 and 3 with the eagles now monday night football that would be an incredibly long sunday night to monday night 24 hours for eagles fans would it not like you would feel so tense like trailing the cowboys in that sense yep Yep, and, and we're all just assuming the Eagles beat the Giants twice and the Cardinals. I mean, if things go south against Dallas and against Seattle, all bets are off 
in, in, in Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, not looking forward to that. And that would be such a such such a 180 after those three straight wins and everybody's feeling so great about themselves and the Eagles. That's why this week has felt so weird because Eagles fans were on top of the world this whole season and you beat the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Bills in dramatic fashion. You're like, we can't be stopped. We're invincible. We're inevitable. And then you get humiliated. It's just, it's such a, it's a, we're suffering from whiplash right now. And so I think we're just kind of still in recovery mode and waiting to see how things shake out on, on Sunday against the Dallas. I'm, I'm going to pick the Eagles to win, but ask me if I have confidence in that pick. It's just, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in that pick. I'm banking on Jalen Hurts and his, you know, his, his, his ability to, to win football games and for this team's ability to, to bounce back. It always has, but they've never had a loss like this in the Nick Sirianni era over the last couple of years. So it's uncharted territory and the Cowboys are really, really, really good, especially at home, a place they haven't lost yet this year. So uh, the Eagles certainly have their hands full coming up on Sunday night. Folks, make sure you're reading everything RJ is doing over at blogging the boys and uh, tell them about all your podcasts rj uh you know i i host a couple of different ones on the blog on the boys network um if you want to keep all eyes on the enemy always uh it's possible there's a third game between these two before the season is over um also on the sb nation nfl show you can catch me there on mondays and on fridays uh with the aforementioned blg uh, it's always great to talk john uh wish you and the family uh both your personal family and the bgn family the best um it's it, look this, these are two teams that are going to be playoff teams for the third year in a row. And so that in and of itself, it's really fun, but it makes the trash talk a, a little bit more interesting in some senses. It sure does. Lots on the line on Sunday night and many blessings to you guys as well. Seriously, we love you guys. And um, we'll, uh, we, we will probably, I would imagine, I think we are probably going to talk down the road again um, later this year. But in the meantime, enjoy the game, but not too much. That's right. All right, so my thoughts on this game. You heard me talk a little bit before we, we, we spoke to RJ uh, about kind of where I think this team is. And there's here's some good news. Uh, Dallas Goddard is coming back. Jalen Hurts is a far more effective quarterback with Dallas Goddard at tight end. Watching some of that tape, some of the All-22, it's amazing how many times Jack Stoll was open and Jalen Hurts just didn't look his way. And I don't know if that was a, a Jack Stoll thing he just doesn't trust him to make to make a catch, and he doesn't want to go there. Or if Jalen Hurts is trying to hit the home run ball to AJ and Devontae too much, or if he just wasn't seeing the field very well. Jalen Hurts did not have a good game against the 49ers, but who did? Lane Johnson maybe had a good game? You know, that was pretty much it. Nobody played well against the 49ers, and I, I think the Eagles just ran out of gas. And that is my big concern coming into this Sunday night against the Cowboys. How much juice do the Eagles have left? How much gas is sitting in the tank? Can they rev it up? Can they get up for a huge divisional game that could have repercussions and ripple effects on the playoff seating? Now, there is the argument out there that I have seen that it would actually be best if the Eagles were the two seed rather than the one seed. Because if you're the two seed, you're playing a team like the Packers in the first in the wild card round. Like you're you're playing you're playing that you know team number seven, whoever that happens to be. So um, that's obviously a matchup that would favor Philadelphia getting the Packers at home in the wild card round. And then in the divisional round, um, you're you're likely getting you know you're you're getting uh, the Detroit Lions probably 
if if all kind of plays out the way it it should. And you get the Detroit Lions at home. And then you'd probably have to either go into Dallas or go into San, you either play Dallas at home or you'd go into San Francisco for an NFC Championship game. But in that scenario, you're getting in, instead of getting the one seed and then probably playing Dallas and San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl with both of those games being at home, you would rather have to play two home games against say like a team like the Packers and a team like the Lions and then you'd get San Francisco but on the road. Which one of those two scenarios is better? The two home games against the two toughest teams in the NFC or the three playoff games, two home and one away, two against teams you should be pretty well favored to beat. Although with Detroit, Detroit's playing really well too. I mean just I think that I would always prefer the week of rest, first of all. That would be the most important thing. Get that week of rest. And I would rather have to win two home playoff games. I don't care who they're against. Two home playoff games rather than three playoff games with one of them being on the road. That's just me. So that's why I still think the number one seed is important to get. I don't want the 49ers to get it. I think the 49ers would be all too happy to take the number one seed. And if that's the case, I want the Eagles to have the number one seed. I also desperately want the Eagles to win this division in back-to-back years. It's been since 2005 that we've had back-to-back division winners. Or 2004, I guess. Uh, 2003, 2004, the Eagles won four, four in a row. And then it's this madness in the division started in 2005. Even if they lose on Sunday night, again, the Eagles can still win the division if they win out. They still control their own destiny, even if the Cowboys jump ahead in terms of a tiebreaker after this game on Sunday night. I wish I could tell you I had a feel one way or the other about this team and how they're going to play on Sunday night. There are two scenarios that are running in my head. One, that this team is is the group that I, in my mind, had built up to be a group of football assassins that they just overcome, they figure out a way, nothing bothers them. You know, you got blown out. Put it behind us. That's Jalen Hurts' mentality, right? You, you just, you leave it you, you leave it behind and you come out and you play the next week like it never happened. That's Jalen's mentality. And that's that has served this team well over the years. And that's the mentality the entire team has taken. That's Nick Sirianni's me- mentality. Now, there are, there are problems with this football team, but one of the strengths that they do have is that they don't let losses linger. They don't let bad plays linger. They don't let bad halves linger. They overcome. That's what they're going to need to do to get ready for this game on Sunday night is to overcome the sock in the jaw that they got against the 49ers that clearly knocked them backwards a little bit. Will they come out and play that way? Will the defense play more physical? Will the new addition of Shaq Leonard be helpful? Will Zach Cunningham being back, how much will that matter? Will the defensive line, will the defensive tackles be more productive, have more energy? That's my, my big, the other version of, I can, of this team I can see coming out is a team that's just flat. That comes into Dallas, Dallas goes down, scores a, an opening drive touchdown, and the Eagles are playing from behind all game. And that they need to rally again. I don't think, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know that the Eagles have another rally in them. But I've been wrong about this team before. I picked the Eagles to beat the Bills a couple of weeks ago. But in my heart, I thought they were going to lose that game. Because it looked like a a prime letdown game. You know, you're just coming off that win against the Chiefs. You got the 49ers coming in next. I thought that Buffalo game was going to be a loss, even though I picked them to win. But when they came back to win, I started to say to myself, 
maybe this team's just not going to lose. Maybe this team just has that assassin's mentality. And then the 49ers game happened. So now I kind of don't know what to think. I, I, there are, you can certainly see a scenario and it's, you know, just as likely as the other scenario that this team comes out and plays really, really well. Jalen Hurts says, we're not losing like that again. I'm not letting this team lose and carries this team to a win. And the defense, the defense is going to play better this week. They're not going to play like they did against the 49ers. This defense will play better, but they are facing a red hot Cowboys offense. This is this Dak Prescott is playing as well as he has ever played before. And the Cowboys are undefeated at home this year. You can argue that the Eagles are due for a win in Dallas. They again, haven't won there since 2017. Dallas hasn't lost a game at home all year. You could make the argument the Eagles are due to win a game in Dallas. But it's really hard for this it's really hard for the Eagles to sweep the Cowboys. They haven't done it in forever. And I could very easily see this team coming out kind of gassed again without that spring in their step, exhausted from this gauntlet of a schedule that they've had these last few weeks. So I really I really don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. One of the reasons why I've been kind of far ahead in our in our picks pool this year is I really have kind of felt like a, an NFL narrative this year. Like it just kind of seems like these teams have their own stories to tell. And I'm, I'm having a good, I'm, I'm able to predict, predict kind of what next each next team's step is just in terms of like, you know, and there's certainly you're looking at matchups and, and injuries and all that kind of stuff. But I have no feel for this Eagles Dallas game. I have no feel. I, I, I say that I'm more pessimistic than optimistic. I think coming into this game that the Eagles are going to win. And yet I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. Because this team has shown over the last two years, they're able to put things behind them. And I want to continue to bet on Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni and this team overcoming. Now, they've got to change some things up, as I was talking to RJ. They've got to figure out, you know, people saying run the ball. They do need to be able to run the ball, but they need to change the way they run the ball. They need to do it differently unless Jalen Hurts is going to say, you know what, to heck with it. I'm just going to run. Now, teams are starting to maybe scheme that up a little bit and keep somebody specifically on Jalen Hurts. And if that's the case, great. Change things up. Go to the pistol. Get yourself some downhill running. Go to the short passing game. Right? Stop trying to hit the 15-yard pass on first and 10 every single time. Get yourself a six-yard completion on first down. Hit those A.J. Brown slants over the middle and just keep them going. Like, why would you stop doing that? Why would you get away from that? And then and then play call off of those plays that work. Get yourself into manageable second and third downs. Give yourself a chance to convert some runs on third and two. That's how you get the running game going. And this offensive line has to do a little bit better too. They have not been creating the space in the running game that we have seen from them in years past. But that is also because teams are not worried about Jalen Hurts tucking and running the ball in the opposite direction. When he, hand, when he hands the ball off to a running back, everyone's committed to crashing where the running back is going because Jalen Hurts is not going to tuck and run. And if he does run, we have seen this year, he's hesitant or slow and not getting to where he needs to be. And I don't know if there's been a loss of athleticism. I don't know if there's a reluctance on his part to go all out as a runner or if he's hurt. But something's got to change in the run game. They need to run the ball, but they need to run it better. Not run it more necessarily, just run it better, especially in the red zone and especially in the fourth quarter. That's where the run game really pays dividends. We just haven't seen this year the Eagles able to run out the clock 
when they have a lead in the fourth quarter. Happened against Dallas a few weeks ago. They could have put the game away and just couldn't get enough first downs in the fourth quarter and gave the Cowboys that one last shot. And, and Jalen Hurts has to be better passing the football in this game. He's been good this year, and he's still an MVP candidate. People jumping off the Jalen Hurts bandwagon is ridiculous. Ridiculous. One, we are so, we're so spoiled right now as Eagles fans. This team loses a game, and everything's broken. No, there are some things that need to be fixed, though, because we've seen some of the warts that this team has had, and they've been able to cover over them with makeup. Last week, you couldn't put lipstick on that pig. So there are some things that need to change. There are some things that need to get fixed. I think this team needs to get more creative. I think on offense, they need to get more creative. Defensively, I read this week where Sean Desai is changing defensive schemes and coverages constantly throughout the game. Normally, I, I really like that. I think that's a great thing. I think it's a great idea, but only if your players are executing. Last week was a huge execution problem. And I think maybe that's been part of the problem with the, with the secondary and the passing game all year. Far too passive in third down situations. The worst third down defense in the NFL right now is the Philadelphia Eagles. They have got to get stops on third down. You got to play tighter. You got to get up there. If you get beat deep once in a while, you get beat deep once in a while. But if you really want to give a team a different look and get up in people's faces and get physical, that doesn't mean blitz all the time. Just means get up there and get physical with people. But maybe also simplify things a little bit. So that your young defenders, so that your players don't have to worry about passing off responsibilities and who's where. Just make it simpler. I remember a couple of years ago when, um, when Jim Schwartz's defense was was kind of a little bit too complicated for some guys. And I forget who, I think it was Malcolm Jenkins went to the coach and said, you need to simplify things. Guys are confused. It's too complicated. And it worked. I hope the Eagles have been taking some time this week thinking all these different kinds of things through and that they're going to present some things to the Dallas Cowboys they haven't seen before because you know the Cowboys are going to present some things to the Eagles they haven't seen. And you are going to see um, Coach Mike McCarthy on the sidelines. Pretty amazing. He had appendicitis surgery this week, and he's going to be on the sidelines calling plays. We'll see what that does, if that has any effect on in-game decisions. It probably isn't going to matter anything, but it is a little bit of a storyline. Anyway, enough rambling. Time for me to get to my predictions. And again, I don't feel a lot of confidence in this prediction, but I would rather err on the side of picking of of picking Jalen Hurts than not. So I'm going to take the Eagles, and I'm going to say that this is. I think if the Eagles win, it's a fairly comfortable win. Give me the Eagles 31, Dallas Cowboys 21. I'll say 31, 21. Eagles over the Cowboys. Jalen Hurts has a good game. I think we're going to see the return of running Jalen Hurts this week. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have at least 50 yards rushing this week. I think the run game is going to have a good week this week. And I think the Cowboys, I think you're going to see, I think they are due for a home loss, and I think they are due for a home loss to this Philadelphia Eagles team. I don't think, 
I, I just, maybe I don't want to live in a world where the Eagles lose this game on Sunday night and then have to listen to the discourse all week long. But this was a long week as an Eagles fan. And uh, it's, I can't wait for Sunday night to come so that we can move on with our lives and hopefully move on for the better. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to RJ once again for coming on the podcast. And uh, make sure to check out bleedinggreennation.com each and every day for all of the latest news notes and uh, rumors about the birds and also blogging the boys so you can keep an eye on the enemy, see what's going on on over with the Dallas Cowboys and for the rest of the season on all of our uh, Eagles opponents. Uh, SB Nation has a team site for each one of those teams, so you want to check them out each and every week. And check out the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Lots of great stuff there in addition to this show. So don't miss a thing as we get you ready for Eagles Dallas on Sunday night. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week right here on Eye on the Enemy. Cheese.